propulsé par Grigny. Hello everyone and welcome, it's Clémence from CSR Connect. Welcome to this first CSR Talks. We are delighted to see that more and more of you are joining us. For those of you who haven't joined yet, CSR Connect is a community powered by Greenly that brings together impact leaders. For these first talks, we decided to tackle the subject of B Corp Label. It is one of the subjects that came up the most in the community and so we wanted to try to answer all your questions. To begin, let's do a quick overview. We will start with a quick introduction of the B Corp Label by Camilla Garza, CSR manager of Bledina and one of the age of B Corp. Then Margot Gaillet, we will explain the main challenges for companies. Then we will have a roundtable discussion with Thomas Lemal, the CEO of OE, Solène Nayeb, the CSR manager of Le Slip Français, and Camilla Matos, the CSR manager of Luco. They will give us their feedback after obtaining the Big Up label. Thank you so much. I will give the, the mic to Camilla. Uh, hello, everyone. So I'm happy to be here just to present myself really fast. So I'm Camila Garcia and I'm responsible for B Corp for Danone France. And I'm also the co-president of Villa France um, since, this, since last month. So this is quite new. Uh, so I'm very happy to be here to talk about B Corp. Um, so I'm just to give you a quick introduction what B Corp is about. We can talk about that for a long time, but I will try to be very fast. Um, I think that to, to talk about B Corp, we need first to talk about um, the vision of the movement. So this vision was um, put uh, on, um, on three people's mind uh, in 2006, saying that we needed to go from an economy that we are used to, so a 20th century economy uh, that is based on shareholding, um, that is only uh, profitable for some people, uh, meaning uh, the shareholders in that case, um, that has a vision that is short term, uh, that is extractive and that is exclusive. And definitely what uh, this vision of B Corp is about is to move from this economy to an economy that is called the economy of stakeholders, which means that it's an economy that is profitable for everyone, for all the ecosystem, um, that is based on a vision of long term, that is regenerative, and of course, that is inclusive and that is equitable for all. So this is the first thing to know is that it is a vision before everything else. Um, and this vision was um, actually built in what we call a theory of change uh, at B-Lab. Um, and this theory of change to really go to this economy that is inclusive, equitable and, and regenerative goes from its different steps or different means that will help us to go to this economy. So the first thing is really to, well, was to put this idea. So what happened in 2006, then to build a community around it. So the community of B Corps around the world, and I will come back to that afterwards, um, to build programs and tools in order for companies to really go through this uh, through this vision and be a change the change um also to integrate all this uh all this change in the company of what we do day to day and then again to arrive to this vision of the new economy so this is what we call in a very fast very quick uh, the theory of change of b lab and i 
really invite you to go into the B Corporation website and look at it because uh, it is much more deep than what I just said, but uh, we don't have time to go through all that. And then, as I said, uh, inside the theory of change is that we have means to go to this vision of B Corp. So the first thing, and I think the most important one, is, the, is a tool that is called the B Impact Assessment, so the BIA. Uh, it is a tool that actually helps us um, look at what the performance, social and environmental performance of the company is at a, at, a, at, a, at a point. So this BIA, and I will come back to that, is built on a, um, on a basis that, on a basis that uh, we need to look at every part of the, of the chain of a company to really be sure what the company is doing right now and actually where it needs to go in the future. Um, the second thing is that uh, there is a label, a label, a B Corp label, and as I said before, because when you go through the through this process, you actually become a B Corp certified company. Um, then you have the movement, as I said before, it's a movement of today almost 6,000 companies around the world. And then you have uh, an organism, which is B-Lab, it's an, an NGO, and they are the ones that are actually behind all these tools, behind the vision, and they are the ones accompanying and helping the companies to, to, to go through this uh, adventure called B Corp. If I go a little bit in detail uh, about the BIA, because I, I think that it is important to talk about that, um, is that the BIA is, uh, is a tool, as I said before, it is external, it is open to everyone, meaning that if you go to the, to the website, you can actually look at the BIA and you can use it, even though you are not actually thinking about the certification. So, so it's open to all the public. Um, actually, a lot of companies use it just to see where they are and when they need to go without uh, going for the certification. Um, this tool is actually evolving all the time. And roughly every three years, uh, the BIA changes. The, the new changes will be, will be coming in 2024. That's the, the expectation from B-Lab. Um, and this tool is actually made around three, five pillars, big pillars. So the first one is governance. So governance is the mission of the company. How do you drive the governance at the objectives of the company? The second one is workers. So it's in everything that is related to your HR uh, policies. The third one is the community. So how do you work with your stakeholders, mainly your internal and external stakeholders? Environment, so it's your, your, everything that you do around environment and nature. And then this, the last point is consumers, which is how do you work with your consumers, with your clients, um, and how do you make an effort through your services and through your products? So this is, let's say, the five main pillars of the BIA. Um, and actually, when you start using the BIA, you will see that there are two main, um, let's say, topics, which is the operational impact. So it's what you do on your day-to-day -day, uh, operation part. And then you have the business model impact, which it means that uh, the BIA is also made to actually look at some companies that are doing something that is even bigger than them. So products and services that really go um, farther and that they are looking, they are really looking for a positive impact. So if I give you an example, for example, is when you go through for organic products, 
So it means that you're actually reducing the toxins um, quantities in the soil and everything. So this is a business model. And, and then you actually open this part of the BIA and you gain more points. And these are the companies actually that have the highest points because they have a lot of things going on, on the, as a business model. So this is how the BIA works. So I actually invite you to go uh, go and look and look at it and uh, just play with it because it's it's it, it can look a little bit complicated, but uh, but it's very interesting to see where you stand as a company from a sustainability point of view. Um, and what are your requirements if you want to become a big corp so once you have done the bia you've done the bia you think that it, the bia it's uh, is well you want to go for the certification it means that you need to have at least 80 points out of 200 points from the bia uh, the bia it's around between 200 and 300 questions um, but you need to have at least 80 points to be able to get the certification so once you have this, you send it to B-Lab and B-Lab will come back to you to make an audit. Um, and then once the audit is done and that you are actually accepted as a, B, a certified B Corp company, then you need to change your, you need to make what we call an statutory commitment, meaning that you need to change uh, the in-laws of your company to include what it means um, having a purpose, a social and environmental purpose of the company. Um, and then the third point is that you have a transparency requirement. It means that when you go, when you become a B Corp, um, actually everything that you do and what you are, let's say, um, your objectives and everything and your BIA, it's actually um, everyone can go and look for it uh, in the B Corp uh, website. So it means that it's open and it means that you accept that uh, your company becomes more transparent than maybe what it is today. So this is kind of uh, how does it work? Um, it's a long process um, to tell you the truth. I mean, some companies spend more than three years to actually become a certified B Corp. It actually depends on the company, depends on the complex of the company, the size of the company, depends on many, many things. And also it depends on the capacity of B-Lab to, to actually um, certify everyone because the movement has grown a lot and actually it has grown even more than we have imagined through the COVID period. I think because companies are really looking for to find a positive impact. So today, unfortunately, B-Lab doesn't have the capacity to, to certify everyone like right away. So it means that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long process, but it's a... Uh, it's a great adventure, and uh, and I really invite you to actually start thinking about it if you think that it's logical for your company transition. Um, and then just to to finish, I'm just going to show you some figures um, of the movement because I think it is it is interesting. As I said before, there are almost 600 uh, companies that are certified around the world, so around 85, 84 countries. Um, you have. 156 uh, sorry, industries, kind of industries that are represented, so meaning all kinds of industries around the world. Um, as I said, a lot of companies are using the BIA just to um, know what they are, where they are, where they stand. And actually the number that we have is that we have 200,000 companies using the BIA, which is huge, actually. 
Um, you have more than 100 companies in Europe that are certified. Today we have 250 in France. Um, knowing that it's huge because uh, one year ago we were less than 200, so it's really, really going really fast. Um, so yes, this is kind of uh, what the movement looks like today. And that's it. That's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you, Camilla, for this introduction. By the way, the requirements to obtain the B Corp label have recently evolved, if I'm not mistaken. Can you come back quickly on this evolution and what do they involve? A very quick one, because <laughs> it's very complex. But yes, as I said before, the BIA is actually uh, moving roughly every three years. And now uh, B-Lab decided that they need to be more, they wanted to change the BIA. Actually, the way that it looks today is going to change because the requirements are going to be different. So we're going to have nine big topics, um, actually, and a, and a tenth one that is more regarding um, the governance of the company. So it's not really a topic. And inside those topics that are being defined by B-Lab, you can find climate change, you can have, you can find human rights, etc. And actually, the idea of these new requirements is that um, BLAB becomes even more, um, let's say, difficult <laughs> to achieve the certification because it is important for us actually to 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 know that uh, the companies that are coming inside the movement are really engaged and really want to change the way uh, they work and the way they make business decisions. And I think that is the most important thing because I didn't say it before, but uh, for me, B Corp, and I, I thought you understand that, uh, I think you understood that uh, is a vision, but more than a vision for me, it's a, it's a transformational journey. When you become a B Corp, you really need to change the way you work internally and also how you work with your, with your ecosystem, with your, with your stakeholders. So that's actually the idea of the new requirements, just to see, to give it a, let's say a shift of what we have done until now and actually uh, yeah, become a more, uh, a more difficult uh, certification to, to, to get. And so concretely, what will be these new requirements, Camilla? So the new requirements will become normally <laughs> 2024, uh, but it doesn't mean that in 2024 every single company that wants to become B Corp will have to use that one. I mean, the ones that are already in the pipe will use the, B the actual the BIA that exists today, and then we will move little by little into the new requirements. Um, so that's, that's going to happen. And actually, I, I'm just going to do uh, a publicity spot, is that uh, the new requirements are now open, are going to be open for uh, the public. So everybody that wants to look at it and actually give comments or, or give their thoughts about these new requirements, we'll be able to do it. You just need to go through the, again, through the B Corporation website uh, and look for that. Very much so. As you explained, it's still a complicated uh, label to obtain. And Margot will uh, explain you a bit the today uh, challenge of the company. Thank you, Clemence, and thank you, Camilla. Hello, everyone. Um, so uh, I was working for a company and I led the, the certification uh, during more than yeah, two years. Um, and now I'm on the other side <laughs> and I'm um, a B Corp consultant. 
um, so helping uh, companies to achieve this uh, journey, as you said. Um, I'll try to give you some um, insights on uh, challenges that I've seen uh, in morning or that I'm seeing with my clients now. Uh, as Camila said, it's a powerful tool. It's a long way. Um, so you need to have some uh, main points um, to have, I mean, it's main key of successes, I would say. <laughs> um, first thing, I would say it's uh, the involvement of uh, executive management, um, CEO, founder, co-founder, uh, whatever. Uh, they have the corpor corporate vision. Um, they also drive up um, engagement. So they, they are here to not only answer to the BIA, but they have to uh, to give the corporate vision for all of the employees um, during the timeline that is quite long, <laughs> uh, that could be long. Um, also, um, we recommend, we usually recommend to have uh, team leaders, uh, usually one leader for each section, uh, because there's a lot of questions to deal with. Um, they have most of the time information and documents to, to provide as well. Um, but it's important uh, for them um, to understand what's the vision of uh, what the philosophy of BIA is, of B Corp, uh, uh, fortunately. And um, they have to understand the questions behind and what's the objective behind the, the BIA to answer it. Uh, and the last thing, the last point, I would say, uh, it's important to have um, uh, employee and uh, engagement and communications really often. Uh, because the, the other other employees are not working on the BIA uh, often, so they don't have the insights and all the details. And uh, my point of view is uh, everyone has to be in the in this process and understand uh, what the company is working on and what's the, what's the process. Um, so that's the main points and the key processes. Um, uh, I would say now, um, and we were talking about the timeline. Usually, clients um, also uh, uh, ask for the timeline. It's a difficult question actually <laughs> to answer. Uh, I think Kevin was trying to answer also this. It depends on how many people are involved uh, in in this uh, in the BIA, uh, the size of the company, uh, the workload. I see also. Um, I think Big Mama was uh, telling about eight months and fifteen people. Uh, but I don't know how many hours they spend <laughs> on the BA actually, but it's a big company now. Um, Vendredi, the, the, you know, the um, platform engagement, uh, I think there were two people and uh, they spent over one month uh, to complete the BIA. Then the audit is a different timeline. Uh, and to, to speak for myself, with Morning, uh, we were working about uh, five months, I would say, five, six months. And we were seven people. Um, usually what we say to clients is to work, um, to take at least uh, two hours a week uh, on that subject. If you're uh, quicker, that's good for you. <laughs> and depend on the section as well. But it's good to, have, um, to, to, to go regularly on it. It's a complex question, so it's, it's uh, really important to go really, really often. Um, other challenges, I, I won't go into details because Camila has said a lot of things, but um, I've seen it a lot. Um, you will see in the BIA, there's a lot of questions asking if you're doing this type of process, this type of, you have policies, you have to give proof on this. So um, 
lot of uh, companies uh, told me, okay, we're doing this. Uh, that's our culture, uh, but we didn't write it. <laughs> so BIA is really asking proof of it. You have to write. Uh, it could be a code of conduct. It could be um, uh, employee hand handbook, uh, code of ethics, um, code for your suppliers, whatever. But it's always asking this proof, and it's really important to um, to work on it. Um, you have time usually to have this document um, being being set. Uh, but it's important to, to, to have proof behind this. Um, the other thing is, I won't go into details, but the core and uh, the heart of, uh, of BIA, and it's important to, to stop on it, is really this impact model uh, business. Uh, usually, um, you, have, you need to have 18 points to, to get the certification, but usually the ones, the, the, the companies that have more than 100 for say, um, they have uh, work. They have work on one or several um, IBM, as we call them, uh, and it, it proves that you're you're working beyond your activities of the uh, of your quotidian. Um, um, sorry for my English. <laughs> your daily routine, I would say. Um, so, uh, for an example, uh, you know Veja uh, that are selling uh, some. Um, some uh, shoes and other things now. Um, they were working on the poverty reduction uh, in the supply chain. That is a, a main subject. Supply chain is really coming up often in the BIA. Uh, and, they, and have been progressing on this topic over the years. Um, so that's the, the main point. Of course, uh, you need to have HR policies. That's really important. But IBM is the core um, in the BIA. You, you have to see the BI as a tool, like um, a daily tool. It's a framework. Um, it's really a structure for improvement. That I'm, that's what I'm saying to clients. Uh, it's not a certification. It's really uh, um, a tool to measure your impacts, your progress each year, each month. Um, it's really inspiring, I think, um, for your business uh, more than anything. Um, so. In other certification, you have these uh, requirements, but uh, the KPIs and monitoring your progress every month and every year is really key. And because you have to prove what you're doing behind this, uh, not in only to have points, <laughs> but it's really a, um, a, a key in the BIA. And um, the last thing is it pushes you also to go uh, beyond your legal framework. Um, you have a code of ethics, but uh, are you going further? Are you talking about topics that it's difficult sometimes to hear about it? I'm, I'm thinking about diversity. Uh, we were talking it uh, just before. Um, and other topics that could be that could be new for the company. So it pushes you beyond your uh, your daily but also your legal framework. Um, and as new standards are coming up, uh, you you are to have to be certified one time and every th three years, you're coming to a new certification. So that means if you don't have any KPIs and monitoring each month or each year, it will be really difficult for you um, to have your certification again. Uh, and the last things, um, but I don't want to say something uh, wrong. <laughs> I think the um, uh, carbon footprint will, uh, is gonna be too mandatory. Uh, um, next year or in 2024, Camilla, as I'm right, carbon footprint will be a, a key point. Uh, you you could you couldn't be 
certified if you don't have your footprint. Um, uh, as an example, there's a lot of uh, um, of um, companies working on this. Uh, you have Greenly, of course, uh, that we're working in now and is the with us today. Um, but yeah, you have to keep in mind uh, carbon footprint will be mandatory uh, next um, next next year or sooner. So that's what I say. <laughs> you want some figures maybe over to, to, to finish? Yes, yeah, so um, a lot of people or clients are asking uh, about the, some figures about the BIA and clients or a future uh, certified company. Um, so the medium score now uh, is around 50. So that means you're not into the audit process and you don't have, um, uh, you, you're not in BIA now. So it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite um, low, but as Camilla said, there's a lot of people using the BIA just to have uh, access to their, their um, company and structure. Um, when they have their in the in the company, average score is 91. So they are certified uh, in France. It's 91, uh, the, the average score. Uh, and the best now, and I think it's newer, uh, it's Aircop uh, that has gained 137. Um, and they have, I think, uh, four uh, IBM. Um, it's quite uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good challenge. They have worker-owned education, um, impact improvement, uh, and they're best for the world in governance and work, uh, workers' uh, sections. Usually, I think it's around two IBM most of the time, I think. Thank you, Margot. Maybe just to come back quickly on the importance of the carbon footprint, as you mentioned it, to put it very concretely, uh, do, doing your carbon footprint can increase your points. I will take the example I know, which is the one of uh, Greenly. Thanks to Greenly, you can hear, for example, up to a quarter of the point required by B Corp certification, it's 24 points, thanks to an, an annual monitoring of the GHEG emissions, the implementation of an action plan, the Greenly commitments to suppliers, energy management, the, the offer that we have with the virtuous partners, and, of, and also a carbon offset project. So le let's move on the round table. Uh, three members of the CSR Connect community are also present to talk about their experiences. Maybe you can just first uh, present uh, quickly yourself. So hello everyone. Uh, I am Camila Matos um, at Luco since 2020, working at the B Corp, uh, all related to B Corp as an impact manager. Previously to Luco, I've also worked in the B Corp movement for three years in um, South America, understanding and also helping companies to implement and improve their sustainability. That's it. Hello everybody, I'm Thomas, I'm the co-founder and CEO of OE, uh, which is a wine, uh, very committed uh, wine brand. Um, OE is a six-year company, we are in Lyon, we are 20 people company, and we are a B Corp company for five years now. And I'm Solène, I'm CSL project manager at uh, Le Slip Francais, which is a fashion made in French company uh, and I'm, I'm there since two years now and we are certified since March so it's really <laughs> it's really new. 
I have a first question. Why did you choose the Big Corp label in particular, especially uh, Solène at Le Slip Français? It is a company already perceived as very committed by consumers. What was your, what was your interest? Um, I think we chose this one because it was the, the strongest one and we really wanted to have a solid frame of reference in order to do better and to know where we stand and to commit ourselves to do better in the next years. So we chose, that's why we chose Big Ops. We, we went through other labels before, such as Lucie Vincimil, which is the French Big Corp, <laughs> and uh, Slow We Are, which is a small label for textile industry. But no, we, we chose to, we chose Big Ops. <laughs> uh, and the, our interest to choose Big Ops was to structure and formalize our approach, because as you say, we do, We do great things, but we didn't formalize everything we made. So that was the strongest point of uh, being Big Corp. And now we want to be better. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Solène. I have the same question for Thomas. In the field of food, weren't there other more relevant uh, labels than the Big Corp one? Yeah, for the food, uh, we have different labels at OA. We are uh, organic. Um, some of our, of our wines are uh, biodynamic. Um, It's not a, a label, but uh, we are uh, pesticide-free. But we wanted to be a big company. Um, maybe first to join a movement we really believe in. Um, not only the label, but this movement of companies that change the world and really makes uh, its business a force for good, uh, which is um, a famous phrase at, at uh, Big Up. Um, we really believe in that way of building companies, and we wanted to join that, that movement and reinforce it the most we can do and we also wanted to be challenged by something uh, else than by ourselves uh, in the wine industry there are um, very strong reflexes uh, it's very um, like a, a male um, industry uh, and there are a lot of questions that uh, being a big up you you're getting challenged on so many points uh, to be very, very coherent. And in the wine industry, you need to uh, build trust with your clients, with your, com with your community, and Big Up helps us uh, build this uh, trust. And it's really a, a huge point. And there are a lot of other very good points being a Big Up for recruitment, for the culture in the company, for uh, joining the whole team uh, on a, um, fixed goals, etc. So uh, we are very happy being a B Corp company. We already talked about the main challenges to obtain B Corp. Today, the main uh, subject is energy sov sobriety, um, especially as uh, the tech and the digital industry are very highlighted about this subject. But what was the main challenge for Luco to obtain B Corp and what what how the main challenges to keep it? Um, well, let's just uh, to introduce a little bit of Luco itself. Luco is an insure tech. So insurance and technology are both uh, areas that people do not uh, at the first hand think about uh, sustainability or positive impact. So to have the B Corp uh, kind of uh, introducing it, the, the question before is uh, was really a way to 
set the framework. So formalization, understand how can we be better, but most of all, establish a relationship of trust with our cl clients. And then there is all the operational part, as you asked. So how do you deal with energy, but not just energy, how you deal with diversity, how do, how do you deal with carbon, which is directly connected to it. The good part is that with a framework, you can understand what are what step you are at the process, what you have done, what do you still need to build, and then within the community find partners and find other experiences to tackle it. So we use very much the B Corp uh, framework to understand which are the practices, which are the systems we need to put in place, and then it comes of course uh, each company, each DNA, what works, what doesn't work, how do you navigate this. So um, I, I, I usually say that as you put it very well, there is the business model, which is more of what do you do? If what do you do has an impact, then you're going to have a business model. In the case of Luco, we are still on the how do you do it? And uh, our most of our impact, most of our challenges is how do you do we do whatever we're doing the best way as possible? And for that, the B Corp uh, assessment, it's a great, great tool. What are your main challenges at Luco to keep big up? The main challenges, I don't think they change from uh, other um, other sectors, Luco being uh, in InsurTech. It's really, there is a global challenge of how do you navigate uh, climate change. For traditional insurance, they will look at their portfolios, they would look at uh, their emissions in terms of uh, energy consumption. But for a uh, scale up, you have to embed positive impact from the beginning. So I think that's the main challenge. It's how do we develop a business that it's good from the beginning, that it has its reflection on business model and how do you going to provide a positive change from the beginning. and. This is one of the main challenges. The KPIs related to it uh, really develop with um, the business and go beyond then the B Corp. For example, um, at Luco, we work at people's homes. So how we are starting now to understand how to measure and have a good view of the user's consumption of resources, energy. So you to use that data to help them to prevent any type of damages, but also to help in the path of awareness of how do we improve collectively our impact. Because I can reduce the energy at LUCO, the energy consumption, and that's going to be reducing the energy for 200 people which is very tiny, but if I manage to help my customers to monitor and reduce their energy, I'm affecting 300,000 um, households, which is a major impact. So I think this, uh, this reflection starts with B Corp and the big, big challenge to keep being in B Corp, we are just in the recertification phase, it's keep on challenging, as you said. So what is the next step? What can we do better? And this is something that comes from uh, our customers internally, and it never stops. There's no, even though there's B Corp, there's no perfect company, and there's a lot to do. Thank you, Camilla. Uh, Thomas, with OE, you are, you are also B Corp with a notable score of almost 100 points. As a reminder, it takes 80 points to get B Corp, and company gets an average of 50 points. How do you explain uh, your score? Uh, above the score, we are not 
working for the score. The score just reflects uh, what we're doing every day. Um, one good thing at OA is that uh, each uh, three, every three months, uh, we have new objectives uh, we want to achieve for the next three months. Uh, uh, this is for uh, marketing, for sales, but also for all our commitments. And we are always working with a team about uh, on um, on what can you do, what do you have in your hands, how you can do it, do good with this. And uh, the score, the big up score, uh, just reflects the whole work we are doing during the, the three years uh, between the research certification. Uh, so that's for the score. And the next challenge is uh, we really opened new way uh, with a bottle reuse system, uh, which was a, a first thing in France. Uh, we are the first on the, the zero waste supply chain uh, in the wine industry. But uh, in wine, um, we can do less bad uh, in the supply chain, but we also can do more good for biodiversity uh, where the wine produ is produced. And uh, one of our challenges is to make the change uh, for biodiversity uh, with the wine producers um, because um, people do not know that, but uh, the wine, um, it's 4% of agriculture in France, but it's 20% of the pesticides. Uh, so wine is a nightmare for biodiversity. Uh, and we have to change it and we can change it because there are uh, so many solutions um, and with OA we want to deploy many ideas on this uh, topic. And how, how are you going to, so the, your main challenges is to engage your suppliers. How do you think you can succeed in this uh, task? Main. Um, I think we can succeed because uh, it's a point of culture and uh, the wine industry is very uh, fixed. Uh, it moves very slowly um, and we can engage the, the community of wine producers um, we are working with. Uh, we have already begun a lot of uh, things. We are giving 1% of our turnover to help our wine producers to um, go far beyond um, only being organic. So we plant trees, we uh, measure uh, the soil, etc., etc. So uh, we can develop it far, far and far more. Uh, and the wine producers, they are very uh, small. There are one, two people uh, for each of their um, companies. So they ask for help, they need help, and they love the way we help them because it's very uh, humble, also very ambitious, but very we, are, we have a simple approach and they like it also. Thank you, Thomas. Moreover, to what extent did being made in France allow you to obtain a B Corp at Le Slip Français? Solène. In com mission company, I don't know if it's the right words to say it, is to reinvent the French textile industry with Spanish. Uh, since the beginning of Le Slip Français, we are making every step from the um, Weaving, knitting, uh, dyeing, making, and packaging in France. So everything that's possible to make in France, we are, we are doing it here. We are working with more than 80 in, uh, factories in France, so that's huge. Uh, at the beginning, it was only 600 uh, underways making in a garage. <laughs> so it's very different. So I think this uh, engagement is uh, 
what help us to be because because we know all of them we have met all of them we are we went to their factories and we know what are their challenges we know how to to engage them also as you said it's really important to engage your value chain i mean we are only sellers so we we can do much uh, we chose to do made in france but then, I mean, it's in their hands and we have to help them to understand what are the different challenges and to do better. We have the change in France to have uh, correct wages and uh, working conditions that are fine for the textile industry, but I think it's different in other countries. It could be fine also, but it could be not fine at all. We also we all know the different uh, issues we have in the textile industry. So I think this really helps and also um, we talk about the carbon footprints. In France, we have the the chance to have a low carbon industry. So, envir envir I, I don't know how to say this word, environmentally. <laughs> uh, it's 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 also um, better to do made in France uh, in the textile industry. I have quite the same question um, that I asked to Thomas. Um, so. It's the same one human challenges is to engage your suppliers because if your suppliers are not uh, carbon footprint uh, engage in a better diversity uh, inclusion uh, governance you will have a, a poor score how can you succeed in that do you ask them to do their carbon footprint is it a way to choose your suppliers uh, or for example did you choose especially bigger do you choose especially bigger suppliers or carbon footprint uh, it's complicated we can't choose uh because companies and factories because there isn't in france so we also have a main challenge to keep our factories only in france and to choose our partners like this but um it's also we have like uh, entonnoir. I don't know how to say. And you also choose made in France because there is no because uh, factories. We have one of our main uh, partner that is working on it. Uh, his name is Le Mayeux and he's working hard to 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 be certified. But it's the only one that uh, told us to, to be interested uh, in this certification. Otherwise, there is many many certification for raw materials uh, or ecotex for the toxicity. So we have many many certifications. So we try to choose also uh, for uh, what they they are doing to improve themselves. But they, it's also really hard to do it because they are already engaged. They already have. Um, have to fight to keep the factories um, in France. So we trying, we are trying to sensibilize them and to to show that they can be helped by the government. For example, to do their carbon footprints, we uh, haven't made it before last year, and we made it because uh, we could have money from the, from the government to make it. And so we are trying to to open them some doors and some resources yes uh, in order to do it but they already are fighting for keeping the companies so for the environment we're trying to do our, our best to help them but sometimes it's it's a second challenge uh, after made in france and keeping keeping this uh, sourcing and camilla so we we speak about like the startup nation <laughs> the startup nation and i understand your agility to transform your business model um so camilla you are working at danone which is another uh, quite uh, uh, huge uh, challenges. Uh, 
and Danone is the first <laughs> the first main company in France who obtained the label B Corp. Where did the impulse to become B Corp label come from? Was it the investors, the board manager, the collaborators, the consumers? Um, yeah, the Danone journey has been a long and a real a real challenging one. Um, so we, yeah, so Emmanuel Faver, actually, he was the CEO of Danone. Um, five, six years ago, he said that he wanted to become a B Corp certified company for all of Danone. Um, he said that, but then again, uh, we didn't know how to, how to go for that. Um, so that was like the first, uh, let's say, idea that was put into that. Um, and then every single business unit inside Danone, we are a company of more than 100,000 uh, employees. So it's a big company. And each each uh, business unit had to decide whether or not it was the right time to go for the B-Corp certification or not. I mean, actually, there was not a roadmap and a specific one. It was more about, okay, this is my, this is my ambition. And then let's see how we get there. Um, and then for us at France, uh, I actually started with uh, because I was responsible for sustainability, head of sustainability for Bledina and for Nutrition, so it's the baby food company and the medical nutrition company inside Danone. Um, and actually, I'm going to talk about that one because it's a, it's a good example of how things can change or can move uh, from different sides is that um, at the time of Emmanuel Faber, when he started talking about B Corp, I was traveling in Colombia, which is my, my home country, and I discovered B Corp by, by chance <laughs> um, in the middle of nowhere. And, and then I said, huh, this looks interesting. So I came back here and I told my CEO, look, I think this is the right path for us. Because Bledina is already, uh, well, it's, a, it's a company that has more than 100 years uh, running. And it's a company that is really engaged because when you are producing food for babies, you need to be an engaged company. I mean, you don't, you don't have a choice. And other than not having a choice is that we, 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 want, we want to do that. And that's how the company was, was driven since the beginning. So for us, it was like the right next step to go for the B Corp certification at that point, um, because actually it was going to help us, like everybody already said around the table, to help us to go even further. Um, so this is how it actually went. I, I told the board of directors, I told my CEO, we need to go for the B Corp certification, but they didn't agree right away. They said, ah, oh, no, I don't know. We don't have time. We don't have the money. It's not a priority. We have a business problem, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know how the story goes. Um, and actually, I, I pushed for it for maybe three months, coming back again and again and again and again and say, we need to do this. And actually, what I did at a point is that um, I decided to go and look for some volunteers inside the company to actually help me push the movement inside and really create like a bottom-up bottom -up effect. So that's why I'm talking about this example, because most of the time, when a company decides to become B Corp, they decide to go for it because the CEO says that this is what we need to go. At Danone, it really happened in a different way, actually, in this Bledina example. Uh, it was really a bottom-up uh, idea. We pushed for it, and then we actually convinced the board of directors it was the right thing to do, showing them some proofs. So actually, what we did is that we did a BIA, a basic one, 
just a really fast one saying, okay, look, this is a round of where we stand and we believe that we are going to be able to get the certification without moving many things. So, and this is how we convinced the board of directors and then we decided to go for it. And, uh, and yeah, and then that's another story and we'll talk about that because it took a long time, but for something completely different. Um, but yeah, so what I try to say is that uh, there are many ways to go for the B Corp certification, to go into this journey. It can be a bottom-down effect, it can be a bottom-up, it can be both. Uh, but at a point, yeah, I think that both of them need to connect, you know, because we won't be able, even though if I was convinced and some other employees were convinced, if we didn't have the support of the board of directors, it would have been impossible to go for that. And now today in Danone, we have 70% of our turnover that is already certified. And the idea is to go for 100% before 2025. Did you have to change a main transformation inside of Blazina, for example, to obtain the Bicor? Did you do, if you only have to tell one or two? Now, actually, I think that for the certification itself, no, we didn't have to change everything because we, we already had a very strong sustainability agenda. Um, as I said before, we are an engaged company since the beginning, so we had an agenda, we had a roadmap, we have objectives, we had an ambition. So there's really, this was what helped us get the certification really fast from the certification point of view. Um, then what happened is that I, and I said it at the beginning, and I think this, for me, this is the most important message that I always try to, to, to pass is that uh, don't think about it as a certification. It is a transformational journey. So when we got the certification, I, I took all the employees and I told them, okay, we should be, happy about this because it is it is great and we and we got the certification because of everything that you do every day but this is the beginning of the journey what's going to happen now it's completely a transformational journey for us on the way that we make business decisions on the way that we work with our suppliers that we work with ours with all our ecosystem on the way that we push employees also to become um, uh, changers of uh, make changers you know so it's a lot of lot of things on how brands actually take this this B Corp uh, vision and make it um, like a way to become more like a militant brands, etc. You know, and, and and this for me is the most difficult journey because you really need to change the way you you think about a business and and um, and at a point you need to make decisions and say okay this decision we are going to make it even though it's not good for the business, but it's good for society and for environment. And this is for me, the real step change in a company when you become a B Corp. And it's not the easy one. <laughs> Thanks, Camilla. I imagine that with some of the companies, stakeholders, especially investors, this is still far from being a given. Most, most are still focused on profitability and growth metrics. We saw it with the example of Danone. Sometimes business and positive impact can also be compatible. Solen, do you want to add something? No, but I think it can be sometimes really difficult to have this because we have to think about rentability, as you said, and sometimes you have questions, what should I do? What should I prioritize? But sometimes it goes together, I think, when you do better. And I think we can uh, make the example of Patagonia, uh, which uh, gave all his company to the planet. I mean, 
Sometimes you go together, and I think he will have more clients. He will uh, he will sell uh, even more than uh, he was already doing. So I think sometimes it can be it can also be together to be committed to to the planet or to different uh, different topics. And if I, I can add maybe one thing, I think the the companies that do not uh, look to do good will die uh, very concretely. So uh, as an investor, you have to invest in companies that will uh, not die and will serve the, the will serve the planet because they will succeed uh, also financially so um, and and we see also that uh, companies or brands um, that are animated by something greater than only uh, uh, selling things uh, they build a community very a strong community uh, with a lot of trust and and it's also generating more money uh, yeah so it's uh, good for good yeah i mean uh, in the if we think about insurance per se we are into that side the the side of companies that will die if they do not take action people do not connect climate change with insurance but basically a, a climate with two degrees it's an uninsurable planet and thus it's either you uh, evolve your business model to prevent and to help the transition, which is something that none of us know how to do. So we really need to advance together as a sector or effectively the world won't be insurable and that's going to become an even bigger societal problem. So uh, it, it's really that do or die. And uh, I think the role of B Corps and that's why B Corp is such a movement. It's how do we bring this awareness to now to, to not tomorrow do the action but what can we do now to incite this action and change it little by little because it's what we need to do yes of course uh, luco you are the first insurance uh, company to have obtained the, the bigger label if i didn't say a mistake which is quite surprising considering the stakes in your sectors do you try to raise awareness or to push action as a kind of lobby or union in your sector I think we have been more involved in the tech uh, ecosystem than the insurance per se. Luco comes with a very unique model of tr uh, bringing trust and uh, breaking the conflict of interest between uh, the insurance and the insurance with the give back, which is part of what is our business model, where when you pay your insurance, after paying all claims, if there's money left, this money goes back to NGOs chose by uh, our clients. So we try to defeat the model of insurance and innovate from within uh, at our own space. And there are other insurance in the B Corp movement in France. Indeed, Luco was the very first one, but hopefully not the only one. I mean, that's it, that we need to collaborate. We need to create spaces to talk and to develop. There are other topics that perhaps more mature uh, insurance that have been for longer runs have been dealing with uh, situations that we still need to tackle and to improve. So it's a win-win for everyone. We come challenging the status quo with the technology, with the goal, with a very clear purpose. And I think this is something for them to question themselves as well. But the other side, we can also learn from what they've done and what they're building now to keep on improving. So it's good to be a pioneer, but at the same time, uh, there's so much to do that we cannot even take that much for credit. You know, it's, it's great. We were the first. We want to keep innovating and keep being better. But we know that this challenge is so big that we cannot take upon ourselves 
alone to take it down. We need collaboration and we need to work together in that sense. Thank you. You are all working for a pioneer company in your sector. If you just have one recommendation to give to a CSR leader who want to improve its business model and try to gain the and try to gain the bigger level, what will it be? Start. You know, just start, get people together, sit down, put some info. I think the example that uh, Camila gave before, you know, just show what the results is. But just it's we always say it's hard. It It is hard. It's 200 questions. But if you go through it, put the information that you know, and that will give you a data an information that will spike at least a reaction and once you get the reaction we work with it but just start and you will see from there there there's webinars and spaces like that to help you there are tools there are companies there are everything it's there so if you start it's already a good step i would say that there are processes there are companies we talked about we have talked about uh, money the time needed to to become a big crop etc but Um, beyond that, there is a lot of joy being a big cop, uh, a joy with the, the whole team um, and with the whole uh, com uh, community, a big cop community. And this is, uh, uh, I think, priceless. Um, and I really, really encourage everyone to uh, enter this movement. I think they already said everything, but I think the first thing, and this is the first thing I make, I made, it was to read the BIA. Because I didn't know uh, what was because I knew, but I didn't understand uh, the process to be certified. And I think we, as you said, you have to read it once, understand it once, and feel it to to know where you are. And I think it's the it's a great challenge. Uh, it was the first thing I made when I arrived to Leslie Francais, and it was really great to know the company, to know where we stand, and what was the challenges of the company. It was so interesting, and there's always so much to do, and it gives ideas, it gives a community, and so much things that I think it's a great great journey. Do Do you want to add something, Camilla? Maybe just one thing, because uh, Camila said about that, well, everyone, Thomas, also, is that um, I think that it's important to, to measure what we can do with this community. I mean, if the community continues to grow the way it's growing, we are really going to change the way we do business today. So I joined you completely, Camila, is go for it. Just try, if you think that it makes sense for your company, of course. Um, go for it. And, and one thing that is important also is to think about this um, radical interdependence, which means that uh, we need to collaborate. We need to stop thinking that we are competitors. We need to stop thinking that we need to move together uh, in order to defy what's happening right now from a social and environmental point of view. Otherwise, we won't be able to do it. It's uh, the end of the first CSR Talks. It was a pleasure to tackle the subject of the B Corp label with you. I hope that we answered to all your questions. I'm sorry for some of the technical issues that we, that we met. And uh, if you are not uh, yet a member of the CSR Connect, I highly invite you to join us. Have a good day. Bye.